Good morning. It is January what? 2022? <laughs> it, it, it scared me when he said we were talking about Christmas already because that's just way too fast. We just finished Christmas. We haven't even got to, we haven't even got to, to uh, Valentine's Day or any of the other holidays yet, other New Year's. We're talking about Christmas. Uh, this morning we're going to be in Mark chapter 5, so uh, you can go ahead and, and turn there. Uh, we're going to be talking about this uh, this account of, of of Jairus and and and, and Christ, and, and I, honestly, I believe this is a the perfect picture uh, of of intercessory prayer. Uh, the, the Bible tells us that we're to pray without ceasing. Uh, I am thankful that we have a God who has called us to to enter boldly into the throne room of grace, that we can seek help in time of trouble. Uh, uh, how many of us have trouble in our lives? If you're not going to raise your hand, you're lying to yourself. We, we all struggle. There's this thought process out there that there are some people that believe that when you accept, when you accept Christ or when you become a, a Christian, that there aren't any more problems. Uh, I, had a, I had a friend years ago who, who the reason she wanted to come to Christ was that just so that she could have peace in her life. And while Christ can give us peace, it's not a good reason to come to Christ. We come, to, we come to Christ knowing that God can give us peace in the midst of our trials, that he doesn't rescue us out of our trials. Uh, we, we come to Christ because we're seeking forgiveness for our sinfulness, amen? And we come to Christ because we realize that he is God and we're separated from God be, uh, because of our sin. Uh, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and control of the glory of God. We, we understand that, that, that Jesus Christ saves us uh, through the gospel. And that gospel is, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that Jesus died for our sins, according to the scriptures. That, that, he, that he was buried for three days and that he rose again, according to the scriptures. That's why we come to Christ. But as children of God, God has given us the ability to come to him and to seek help when we need it. Uh, there are times in our lives when each and every one of us, whether, listen, the whole country, the whole world over the last two years has needed help, have they not? Why do you think when, when difficult things happen, churches get busier, except for during COVID, when they tell you not to go to church and not to go anywhere else? Uh, uh, we, uh, we, and I'm not trying to... to, to talk about COVID or anything, but how many of you were alive? Well, you were all alive during 9-11. Uh, well, Joe, were you alive during 9-11? How old were you, Joe? Two. You don't remember 9-11. What happened at 9-11 when, when uh, uh, you weren't alive at all? Uh, uh, what happened at 9-11? Man, the, the, the America had been attacked and people were terrified. And what did they do? Churches were full. And why were they there? They were afraid and they were praying for help. Now, uh, many of those people only came in for that, for, for, that, for that help. They were only there for a short period of time, and they, and they, and they left. But it's, it's incumbent upon us to understand this, that when we need help, the answer isn't to try to fix it ourselves. Uh, the, the answer is to, to go to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when I, when I talk about that, we all know that if we need help, we can go to Christ. But guess what? God has given us the ability to pray for others. Not just the ability, but he has also given us the, the uh, command that we're to pray for, for one another. We're to pray at all times for all things, for everybody, according to the book of, uh, the book of, uh, uh, of Ephesians, chapter 6. Uh, we're, we're, there is not an opportunity where we shouldn't pray. We, and there's different ways that we can pray. We can pray in thankfulness. God doesn't get enough of that, by the way. We can pray and praise God. 
And God doesn't get enough of that either. He deserves all the praise that we can muster as we think about who he is. But God also prays, tells us to pray and ask for our needs. If you go back to Luke, uh, Luke chapter 11, where he's teaching the disciples to pray, uh, they're to, to ask for their daily bread. They're to pray for their own needs. But, but we're also commanded to, to pray for one another. And listen, that prayer for one another is, the, is uh, I'll be honest, I think the, one of the most greatest things that we can do. Uh, because it is, that, it is for that prayer, that, that reason, uh, that, that many of us are here today. I'll be honest, I'm here today, uh, uh, standing in this place. Listen, I was saved at the age of 15. I, I got to, uh, and I, I praise the Lord for that, but there was a point in my life when I ran from God. And I, I stand here today because God, in his mercy, came and got a hold of me and brought me back. But I had a group of people that were praying for me back in Ohio, where I'm from. My mom, my dad, our church, they, they, they didn't know the specifics of what I was doing or, or, or what I was getting into or, or how far I'd gotten from God. I, I was able to, to hide most of that, but they knew that there was a problem. And, and that every single Wednesday night, every time that the pastor asked for prayer requests, my name was brought before the church. And the church brought my name before the, the, the throne of God asking for help for me. And guess what? God heard them. Many of you are here because somebody prayed for you so that you could get saved, so that you could uh, overcome whatever sin that was going on in your life or whatever struggle that you were having. Some of you are here today because they prayed for your health. Prayer works. Aren't you grateful for prayer? I am. I am. We're commanded to pray. Here in Mark chapter 5, there's a, a phrase there. Uh, we, we see it in verse 35. Uh, sorry, verse... Sorry, my vision's kind of messed up. Verse 36. Jesus looks at Jairus. There are some people that are doubting that, that uh, what Jairus has asked Jesus to do, and we'll, we'll come back to this in, in, in a few minutes, but there's a phrase here. He says, Be not afraid, only believe. Be not afraid, only believe. This phrase has stuck out to me. So we need to believe that God can do something. We need to believe that what we've asked God he can do, he can do. What does Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 say? Now unto him who is able to do that which is exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Unto him be glory. Uh, and there Paul said, we need to praise God because whatever we, we ask or whatever we're able to, to think of, that, about, of God working in us or through us or through prayer, listen, God can do it. He's able. We have a God who is able to answer our prayers. Now, uh, I used to work on an ambulance. I did so for, for, for 17 years. Uh, ambulance, fire truck, all those things. Do you know what would happen in the middle of the night? Something would happen in somebody's life, that they couldn't deal with. And what would they do? Well, if the house was on fire, they'd call 911. Call for the fire department. If they, if they were having a heart attack or, something, or a family member was sick, guess what? They, they called 911. Why? Because they couldn't deal with the situation. Uh, uh, there were some that tried to deal with the situation. Uh, I had a, there was a fire that we went to years ago. I, I, it still... It, 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 it still bothers me to this day. The, 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 the father got everybody out. But then he went back in and tried to put out the fire with a fire extinguisher. He died 
six months later from third-degree burns over the entire front of his body. The only part of his body that wasn't burnt was where his boxer shorts were. And it covered his body, that part of his body. Everything else, third-degree burns. He tried to do it himself. Couldn't do it. We need to understand there are some things we just can't fix ourselves. We, and we need to call 911. Well, guess what our 911 is? Prayer. Prayer. We need to get a hold of the one who can do something. Uh, Mark chapter 5, starting, uh, I want you to notice the desire that drove Darius to Jesus Christ. He says here in verse 22, he says, And behold, there cometh a ruler of the synagogue, Jairus by name. When he, when he saw him, he fell to his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter hath at the, lieth, sorry, lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hand on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. First of all, let's look at the man, who Darius is. He's a ruler. He's a, he's a ruler in the synagogue. As a ruler, he, has, he is in a position of power and authority. He is used to being the guy to tell other people what to do, the, the, the one who, has, who, who would be able to, to, to have authority or power to instruct others or to, to do things himself. He probably didn't rely on other people all that much. I mean, there were some things I'm sure he couldn't do, and, and sometimes uh, I'm sure he may have had a ruler, a ruler over him. There were other rulers there, but he was a ruler of the synagogue, and, and as, as such, uh, he, he had that power and authority. But, but also, not only did he have power and authority, he was a, a religious man. And I, I'm pretty sure he was probably a, a good man. Those that were rulers in the synagogue, whether they're Pharisees, Sadducees, or, or, or other leaders in the synagogue, they, they, they were men who were morally good. They, uh, they, they, were, they were men who, who, who would, able, would be able to, to, to understand the, the, the law and what they were to do. And, and I'm sure he, he did his very best to keep the law. He was a good man. He had an understanding of scriptures. He was, in, he was there in the synagogue. He, he, he would pray on a, on a regular basis. Uh, there, there was much that he did as a religious person. But, uh, but, but there's something that we need to understand. Uh, uh, as a ruler and one of the authority... There were certain things he could not do. There were certain things that his power didn't enable him to do. That he needed at some point to rely on somebody else. And listen, there were, there were, there were some things, even as a, as a religious person, that, listen, sometimes bad things happen to good people. You ever heard that question? Why do bad things happen to good people? The Bible says it rains in the just and the unjust. There are are things that happen just in in life. And listen, God understands, and and there are some things that that are there as trials that God allows in your life. There are some things that God allows in your life just for the, the, that God might be, that honor and glory might be brought unto God. I think of the the book of Job. Listen, he was a good man who loved his family, who served God and loved God, sacrificed uh, with burnt offerings for his family. He prayed for his family. But listen, bad things happened to him, did they not? Whether it's loss of family or, or, or whether, it's a, whether it's a loss of your finances or whether it's your loss of your health. Listen, bad things happen to good people. And something bad happened here. Not only was he a ruler and religious, there's some wealth involved as well. Because as a ruler of the synagogue, we see that uh, he had a, a family. I don't know about you, but I've got a wife, and they cost money. Do they not? 
Every, every man sitting next to your wife, shh. Rich is rubbing his side right now. <laughs> cost money. Not only did he have a wife that cost money, he had a daughter. If you have a daughter, you under, if you ever had a daughter, you understand. Uh, they, 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 they get you, my goodness, I've got three boys and one girl. And I love my boys to death. Right? I'm, I'm, I don't love one more than the other. But, but as far as fathers and daughters, those little girls have a way of wrapping you around their fingers so tightly that uh, they look at you with those puppy dog eyes like, leave, daddy. And you could look at my, I'd look at my boys and they look at me like that. I'm like, no. I look at her and I'm like, I've, there are pictures of me and you'll never find them uh, uh, with bows in my hair. And marker on my face and all kinds of things. Why? Not because my, my, my boys asked to do stuff like that to me, but because my daughter, uh, you'll never see those things. I let, I let, but why? Because, man, she's my girl, my little girl. She's nine, and I, I still call her my little princess. And she's like, Daddy, I'm not little anymore. But she'll always be that. Because there's, uh, she, she's got me around. And, and listen, so... She's in gymnastics. Guess what? That costs money. Right. She, wants a, she wants some new dresses or some new clothes. I, 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 I can't say, well, I can't say no. But I have a very difficult time saying no to my little girl. They cost money. There's, there's, there's wealth there. And, and he has a home. So the, the point here is that, that, that he worked and he had, he had wealth. But guess what? His wealth didn't fix the problem. He could have spent every dime he owned. He could have mortgaged the house. And guess what? The doctors could not have fixed his little girl. So what do you do when you, when in your life uh, that, that, there's, there's nothing that you can do, whether you're, you're, because you don't have the authority or the power to do it, although I'm thankful that Jesus has all power and all authority on this earth. The, uh, whether or not you have the power or authority or the, 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 you're, you're, you're just that good of a person, or none of those things matter when it comes down to it. So what do you do? Oh, we noticed the... Jarius the man. Notice also Jarius' dilemma. First of all, it's personal to him. It's personal to him. It's his daughter. It is his daughter. Now, when he comes to Jesus, he's not coming to Jesus about somebody else's daughter. He's not coming to, he's not coming to Jesus about somebody else's problem. This is personal to him. I don't know how many times I've, I've, I, we, we have had a Wednesday night prayer service where we come together and, and, and people say, well, pray for this and pray for that and pray for And we should pray for one another, amen? I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for one another, but this was personal to Jarius. And this is important because when it's personal to you, you pray differently. When, when you're praying about your need or the need of somebody that you desperately love and you desperately care about, listen, you will pray differently than when you're praying for somebody else's problem that you, that you don't really know that well. Sometimes people ask for prayer for, uh, and I understand what I'm saying, sometimes people ask for prayer for somebody, so-and-so who has cancer that, that you don't know. You know uh, pray for them, you should. I'm not saying don't. What I'm saying is when it's personal, you pray much more fervently. You, uh, there, 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 is a, there is a gut-wrenching desire inside of you to see God do a work in this situation that you can't do. And for Jarius, this was personal. It was painful. He was watching his little daughter die. She was at the point of death, the Bible tells us. 
It is, it is painful to see somebody that you care about get that sick. To, to know that there's nothing that you can do. Uh, uh, he may have spent money, he may have spent time, he may have start, sought out the doctors, and nothing had fixed it. And he was, it was a last resort. He, was, man, he couldn't just sit there anymore and watch her fade away. He couldn't sit there anymore and watch her struggle with breathing. Whatever the illness was, uh, uh, grow weaker and weaker to the point where she wasn't even very responsive anymore. It, it, listen, he couldn't sit there anymore. It, it hurt too much. He had to do something. It was personal. It was painful. It was precluded. It means it was impossible. There was nothing more that he could do. He had done everything that he, had, he could because any father would do that for his child. Listen, I've got animals. And I'm not saying that you should ever... I want, I want to clarify. I want to be very clear about this. I have animals, and... Number one, I don't really love our animals. <laughs> and I've, I have been known to make the statement that if my animal gets really sick, too bad for that animal. Because I, I can't spend thousands of dollars to, 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 to treat an animal. If it was one of my kids, I would get anything and everything to do something to, to save that child. I would give my own life if I could. But while Darius may have done all of those things, the Bible doesn't tell us, and I, I assume because he is her father and he is here, that he has done everything that he could and nothing has worked. He realized that the predicament, the dilemma that he was in was impossible for him to fix. As a dad, I like to fix things for my kids. He couldn't do that. So he went to the one who could. The desire that drove Darius. Notice also the, the demeanor that Darius had when he approached Christ. We see it here in Mark chapter 5, verse 24, 22. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of Jairus, the, of the synagogue, Jairus, I, see, I keep saying Jairus, Jairus, by name. And when he saw him, he, notice what he did, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly. First of all, I see fear or humility. He, he, he came to the, uh, to, the, to the feet of Christ and he fell down. Now we read that. And in our head, we kind of get, we, we, we understand uh, he humbled himself before him. But have you ever really seen somebody do that? Can I get a volunteer? Somebody come up, somebody who's not, Jake's volunteering. You're going to be Jesus. Lord, I'm sorry that this is the best we got. <laughs> Jake here is Jesus. You, you need a beard, man. Come on. All right. Jake here is Jesus. The Bible says that, Dar that Jairus came and he fell at his feet. So Jairus is out seeking for Jesus. And he, he sees him and he comes, he comes in. And this is what he, you don't have to do anything but stand there, okay? This is what he does. Please. I beg of you. Help my daughter.
when you really think about what he did, he fell at his feet. He humbled himself. He lowered himself. His face was in the dirt. It wasn't some, oh, master. Right? It, wasn't, it wasn't some pretense. It wasn't something for show. It wasn't, listen, he, he threw himself at the feet of the Savior. He may have grabbed onto his ankles and said, please. Notice what it says. That he said that he beseeched him. There in verse, uh, oh, goodness, where are we at? Verse, uh, verse 23, and besought him greatly. First of all, I want you to notice, uh, he, he, in, in, that, in that humility, he had to acknowledge something. He couldn't fix it. First, he had to humble himself to himself. How many of us, how many of us have ever tried to do something ourselves, even when we couldn't do it? Every man in here who's ever tried to put together something without instructions. Every man who has ever tried to drive somewhere without using the GPS, Right? Your wife's sitting next to you saying, honey, why don't you use the instructions? I got a screwdriver, and that's all I need. But the instructions, I, that, 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 that. And seven hours later, you finally say, where are those instructions? Why? Well, you're driving around, and you've been driving in circles for hours, because well, I know I'm going to get there eventually. No, you're not. <laughs> well, I understand. Men are prideful. Women are too, by the way. But... For, for, for illustration's sake, we're prideful people. We need, to, we, need to, we need to be able to admit to ourselves that we need help. Before we can ever go to the Father and ask God to help us with something, we need to acknowledge that it is an instance in which we cannot do anything ourselves, and we need to ask for his help. Otherwise, we'll keep trying to do it ourselves. You may have a roll of duct tape, and it may be standing when you're done, but it won't be what it's supposed to be. He had to be, he needed to humble himself, but he also needed to humble himself in the way that he approached Jesus. And he fell at his feet. And the Bible tells us that we're to, the Bible, the, the Bible tells us that we're in several places, that he, he, that he resists the proud and he gives grace unto the humble. Uh, he says, the humble yourselves and that he will lift you up. Uh, anytime that we pray, we need to understand that we are talking to, uh, not just to our, our friends. Now don't get me wrong, Jesus is our friend. What a friend we have in Jesus, right? All our sins and griefs to bear. I'm thankful for the friendship that we have in Christ and the, the relationship that we can have with Jesus, but understand also he is the creator of the world. He is a holy God, and, we, and, and the one with the ability and the power in which to, to, to take care of the needs which we have, so we come and we humble ourselves before him, and we, we throw ourselves and cast ourselves at, our feet, at his feet because he is the one that can fix the problem, not us. Notice also not just the fear that, that he acknowledged and the fear that he exhibited, but also the, the fervency in which he prayed. It says he besought him. That word besought means to implore or to beg. Now, prideful men don't like to beg for anything. But in his humility and in his acknowledging of the fact that there was nothing he could do, he was begging the one who could do something for him. Remember, Jesus said that we're, or that, uh, Paul says in Hebrews that we're to come boldly before the throne of grace, uh, that we can uh, seek help in time of need. We can come to him, and we, yes, we can come boldly. We don't need to be fearful that he'll, he'll strike us dead outside the door of the, the Holy of Holies outside. But, we, but what we do know is that as we come in boldly because we have the right to be there, he is still God, and we need to humbly implore and to beseech him for help. 
And listen, the closer something is to your heart, the more you're going to be begging for it. I know a pastor friend of mine who, who uh, two, two of his adult children had wandered away from the Lord and for years they, uh, they, they prayed and they sought God for those two children that, that God might bring them back. Uh, and, and guess what? Over a period of time, God did. Both of them are, are back. The one, uh, the one is now playing the piano in the church. The other, uh, the other one, uh, her husband just got saved uh, a couple months ago, the husband she had married when she was out of church. Listen, God's working in their life. Why? Because somebody prayed and, and, and besought God for them. And he didn't say, oh God, I am a great preacher. You should listen to what I had to say. You remember when Jesus was talking about the parable of the, the Pharisee and the, 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 uh, the, the publican. The publican said, I am so thankful that I am not like this, this poor sinner, the publican over here. I pray, I pray three times a day. I, I give to the poor. I do all these great things. But the publican said, have mercy upon me. Well, he humbled himself. And he besought God to have mercy. And what did God, uh, Jesus say? He went home justified. There's a fervency. James chapter 5, 16 says this. The, uh, the, the, the effect of the fervency. Just turn there. I'm going to say it wrong. I don't want to. James chapter 5. Verse 16 says, Confess your faults one to another, pray for one another, that ye, might, that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That word effectual, fervent, uh, it's this, the, uh, this idea of boiling water. When's the last time you prayed in that manner? Whereas where the, the, the desire for God to answer this need is boiling inside of you. It's not just a check mark on the list. Well, but pray for this ministry. God, pray for this person. God, pray for that need. God, help with this. It's easy to fall into that rut, is it not? And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray with lists. Uh, those things help us to remember the needs that we're to pray for. But, but there, there should be, there needs to be a, a desire within us that boils up and, and it causes us, makes it absolutely a necessity for us to pray. You know why he was so fervent? Because this was so personal and so painful. Notice also the faith that he exhibited. First of all, we see that he came to Jesus. Now, I don't know where he heard about Jesus. He's, one of the, uh, he's in the synagogue, so I'm sure there's much murmuring and, and going on there, a lot of complaining, and what are we going to do with this, this, this teacher, this, this, uh, this guy who the, he's got followers now, and he's, he's doing these miracles? Uh, what are we going to do? Uh, but his, what, what was inside of him was enough faith for him to say, listen, there's nothing that I can do. As he sat there and he watched his child uh, come to the point of death, there's nothing that I can do, but, but there is one. I've got some hope. He had enough faith to go to Jesus. There are a lot of folks that just don't have enough faith to go to Christ when they have time and need. 
They, they have enough faith in themselves. Maybe they'll even put faith in Facebook. Uh, they'll put their needs out on Facebook, hoping that somebody takes, but they'll never once pray for it. Uh, they may have faith in somebody else praying, but they'll never have faith enough to go and ask and pray themselves. Listen, we need faith to go to Christ. Faith comes, but the Bible says this, uh, without faith it's impossible to please him. Now, we need faith for salvation. And we're, we're talking about intercessory prayer. You need faith for prayer, do we not? The Bible says that, that, that we're to, uh, to pray believing, not, uh, with nothing wavering. It's in the book of James. It's talking about asking for wisdom. But listen, the, 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 that same truth goes about anything else that we pray uh, and ask God for. That we're, we're to have faith that God will do what we have asked him to do. And what we're doing is we're having faith in the promises of God. If you don't believe God can do something, there's doubt. And we all experience doubt at times. And he's going to as well here in a moment. But I want you to understand, he had the faith to approach Christ. And we need that same faith to, to go and, and, and trust God to do something. Notice also, he had faith to wait. Let's read down a little bit more. It says, verse, verse uh, uh, Mark 25, uh, Mark, sorry, Mark uh, 5, verse uh, 20, uh, 23, and, and, and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Uh, he, notice what he, he said. He said that, that he understood that if he just laid hands on her, that she would be healed. Jesus said, uh, Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. Now, the next several verses, and we skipped it earlier, is an, another account. How many of you know which account it is? It's the, it's the account of the, the woman with the issue of blood. So here you have Jairus who, who, who's just come and begged Jesus to come and help his daughter who's literally on the point of death. Do you, know what the, do you understand how, 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 what, that, what that means? It means literally any breath could be her last breath. This is time sensitive, is it not? It's not something where you just, well, you know, sometime in the near future, Lord, whenever you feel like it. Man, he's like, Lord, please come and heal my daughter. And Jesus says, I'll come. And on the way, this crowd is thronging him. And there's another person in the crowd that has a need. Uh, an issue of blood for 12 years. Uh, that she's, she is, uh, if you read through the different accounts of the different Gospels, there's a lot of information about it. She sought the doctors. The Bible says she suffered much at the hand of the physicians. That she spent all, everything that, she, that she's had. I mean, she's done, looked, looked everywhere for an answer. Hasn't found one. But she, she believes that if she just touches the hem of his garment, that, that she will be healed. And as they, they're walking down through this, 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 this road, or this alley, whatever it is, on the, on the way to, to Jairus' house, uh, this great crowd of people she, she figures a way to get in close to him she lowers herself down and she touches the hem of that garment and the Bible says that, that, uh, that, that she felt something change that instantly she knew she was healed and the Bible says that Jesus also felt that that, that that power went out of him and he stopped and said who touched me remember the disciples said what do you mean you're surrounded by people who are touching you and bumping into you what, what are you talking about Jesus and he says Somebody touched me with purpose. And he looked at her, and she acknowledged that she'd had a problem, and that he healed her. And Jesus stopped and dealt with her there. You ever thought about how Jairus felt? We, we like to separate this out from other things, but here Jairus is, he, he, knows the, he knows the desperate situation his daughter is in, and he's watching Jesus stop and heal somebody else. 
He didn't say, Jesus, come on, there's not time for this. She, she's going to die. I, we, I, I need you to do this now, Lord. How many times do we do that with God? God, I need you to answer my prayer now. I need you to fix this now. And then we get impatient and upset because God's not doing things in our timeline. Uh, listen, he didn't have just enough faith to, 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 to ask Jesus. He had enough faith to wait for Jesus. For Jesus to do this in his time. Listen, that woman uh, with the issue of blood, that was no accident. There's nothing. There are no coincidences. There are no accidents. All of this was planned of God. It's interesting to note this. How long did she have that issue of blood? Twelve years. How old was Jairus' daughter? Twelve years old. Say, well, that, that doesn't mean anything. Hey, maybe, maybe not. I'm not trying to prove a point, but what did Jesus call that woman with an issue of blood? Look at your Bible. He says, daughter. I don't remember him calling anybody else daughter. But here, he's, he calls her daughter. Why? Jairus is watching this. He's like, my daughter, she's 12. But yet, while God was working in the lives of, of, of someone else, he still waited. He had enough faith to wait. We need enough faith to wait. That while God may be answering prayers in this person's life, and this person's life, and this person's life, that he hasn't forgot us and left us on the sidelines. That he'll heal, or he'll work in our life and in our situation in his timing. We need enough faith to wait. Not only did he have enough faith to, to wait, he also had enough faith to withstand. What do you mean? Well, let's move on. Mark chapter 5, jump down to verse 35. While he yet spake, this is right after the, the healing of the woman. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogues, Be not afraid, only believe. This they're there. He's just watched Jesus do a miracle without even touching somebody, uh, a healing. Uh, that, that, uh, that, uh, and then he's, he's had the faith to wait, but now someone's come along and said, why are you troubling anymore? It's too late. You ever had somebody tell you that whatever you're praying for is never going to happen? Maybe fear inside your own heart, saying, I don't see any way that this will work. Whether it's a marriage that needs to be fixed, whether it's a child who's wandered away, whether it's, whether, whether it's a, an illness. Listen, I'm not saying that God heals every sick person. We know that's not true. I'm not saying that God, God fixes every marriage. I'm not saying that uh, although God would, we have free will, do we not? I'm not, I'm not saying that God will give us everything that we want all the time. What I'm saying is that when we can't do anything, he is the one we're to go to and, and, and seek for help because he's the only one that can help us. And while there may be doubt and fear, we need to trust God. 
What did Jesus? What was Jesus' response? Jairus didn't say a thing. Jairus heard what was said to him, and Jesus looked at him and said, "Be not afraid, but believe." He had faith to withstand. Uh, he had faith to, to, to continue on. How do we know this? Because you know, they, they get there, and, and everybody's weeping and wailing. Uh, uh, this, they're about ready to put this girl on the ground. Uh, it, it is over as far as anybody else is concerned. She has taken her last breath. She is dead. She is gone. Everybody is weeping. And Jesus comes and says, why are you making such a big fuss? You all say she's dead. She's just sleeping. Now, listen, they're, they're not stupid. Uh, they understand that, that, uh, that, that, that when you stop breathing, uh, uh, they... There's a problem. As a paramedic, that was something we learned really quick. All bleeding stops eventually. Uh, and, and whether you stop it or not, or the person just runs out of blood, all bleeding stops eventually. And people stop breathing, right? Everybody dies. We may, we may put it off for a little while, but everybody dies. And as far as these people were concerned, uh, uh, there is no hope uh, for this little girl. He may have gone to the master who could heal, but here's a little girl who's dead. There isn't any hope. Listen, your marriage might be dead. Or, or the, your, your kid's relationship or hope of relationship with God is dead. Or, or any hope of healing or any hope of this could be dead. But guess what? Jesus is still the master, is he not? He is still able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. But we need to believe. So, so here they, they are. He's faced with all of those things, all the people wailing. I, mean, I can imagine the tears welling up in his eyes and, and, and the, the, the struggle knowing that she's taken her last breath. And, 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 and the, the, the thoughts are going back and forth in his head. But what happens By his faith withstood. Notice not only uh, the desire that he had, uh, the demeanor that he had, but the difference that he made. We see it in verse 42. Verse 42 says this. Oh, sorry. Verse, we'll start at verse 41. And he took the damsel by the hand, that's Jesus, and said unto her, Talitha kumi, kumai, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of 12 years, and they were astonished with great astonishment. First, I want you to notice the daughter was delivered. <laughs> yes, she had taken her last breath. Yes, she was, as far as anybody else was concerned, she was dead. But we have a, we have a, we have a God that can raise someone from the dead. He raised Lazarus from the dead. He raised Jarius' daughter from the dead. He raised himself from the dead. He has the ability and the power to do all of those things. Why? Because he's Jesus. And listen, if Jarius or Jarius or Jairus or however you pronounce his name, if, 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 he had, if he hadn't gone to Jesus, guess what? They would have been planning a funeral. He could have called in the greatest doctors. He could have, he could have flew her out someplace. Uh, he could have spent all of his money and done everything he could. Guess what? She still would have been dead. You know why she got, got up? Because he went to the one that could deliver her. I've seen, I have seen marriages saved by prayer. I have. Not because I'm some great marriage counselor. I am not. But I, have, I happen to know somebody that can fix marriages. His name is Jesus. Pray. 
One of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest things I have ever, I've ever been able to share. The greatest pieces of advice I can tell when somebody has a trouble or trials. Well, that's just, that's what everybody said. No, I am serious. Prayer makes a difference. It made a difference in my life. I'm sure it made a difference in yours. But man, we, we say, well, the last thing that we do, it's the last thing that we try. It's the, uh, no, it should be the first thing that we do. In fact, that's what Paul told Timothy. First of all, prayer and supplication. There is more power in prayer than there is in everything that we can do. Because it has nothing to do with us and everything to do with what God can do. His daughter was delivered. Not only was daughter delivered, but the doubters were dumbfounded. It says they were all astonished. That word astonished means they were amazed. Amazed to the point of insanity. They, 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 thought, they thought it was crazy that, uh, what had just happened. You would too if you were there. I mean, think about it. You've all been to a funeral. You've all been to a wake. Saw somebody, well, I don't know if you've all been to wakes or funerals or seen somebody dead. I've seen lots of dead people. It would terrify me if one of them got up. I, I had, a, uh, I had a, a teacher once who said that's, that he wanted to somehow rig, rig the, the coffin so that uh, during the funeral that, that uh, uh, there was a, some, some kind of mechanical thing that would make him sit up. Uh, terrible, terrible idea. Don't ever do that. Uh, it'd be, he thought it was hilarious. It would, it would be bad. People would have heart attacks. It would be a terrible thing. But it would terrify you. Too many stories from being on uh, on the ambulance. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin. The, the, it, when, it would be astonishing to see somebody rise from the dead. Can I tell you this? None of us have seen that physically. Not once. We have seen people rise spiritually, have we not? When somebody gets saved, it's the exact same thing, except for spiritually. So, well, no, it's not. A, it's not as fantastic. It is more fantastic. Because we were dead in our trespasses and sins, uh, we, we were controlled by Satan. We were, we, uh, we were, uh, man, we, we lived according to the things of this world. But God, who is rich in mercy and grace, man, He 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 did something in us. And according to Jesus in John chapter three, that we were born again. There was new life that was put into our hearts. Uh, uh, we were raised from the spiritual dead, set to, set alive to walk in newness of life. And listen, that should dumbfound anybody who would doubt the power of God. Now, it's funny, when we're praying for something and God works and we testify or somebody sees what God has done in our lives, for those who are doubting, those who are questioning whether that can happen, it should make a difference. They should be amazed. Uh, we have a God who can do these things so we can pray and ask God to work in our marriage or work in somebody else's marriage. Uh, Brother brother Dan was mentioning uh, we need to know uh, how we're to pray for one another. Intercessory prayer isn't prayer for me. Intercessory prayer is me praying for somebody else. And if you are blessed to have somebody love you enough to pray for you, you are blessed indeed. Why? Because somebody is going to God on your behalf. Somebody is bringing your name before the Lord, before the Father, through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, listen, uh, did you know that Jesus prayed for you? <laughs> John chapter 17, the real Lord's Prayer. 
Jesus intercedes on his, for, for his disciples. But, he, but in there, he prays for those who will one day believe, not saying, guess what, that's you and me. Jesus prayed for you. And, and the Bible says that he, uh, that he continues to intercede for us. In fact, the book of Hebrews tells us that, that his desire is to, to succor or succor us. Uh, it's S-U-C-C-O-U-R. It's, it's a, a wonderful word that means he, he runs to our aid. But first we need to seek his help. And Jairus' daughter was blessed because her father, in his pain and in his, in, 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 in his problem, went to the Lord on her behalf. And because of that, she was raised from the dead. We need people, children of God, who love one another enough to go to God on, on behalf of other people. We need somebody to pray for this church. To pray for the spiritual growth. Listen, I'm not talking about uh, the, just the financial needs. We have a God who can provide all of those things. Uh, uh, and in fact, has proved himself faithful year after year after year after year. Uh, uh, but we need a God who, or we need, we need folks in our church who are willing to pray for one another. They're willing to get to know one another enough that, that we can, that we can uh, grow and, 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 and come together so that when someone has a problem, you don't feel like it's out of the question to, Ask somebody to pray for you. Back there in James, uh, we read that uh, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. What's the first part of that say? Confess your faults one to another. It's talking about us coming together and talking about our weaknesses, those things that we need prayer for. Everybody needs to know that I'm spiritually on top of my game and I've never fought with my wife and I've never got lost my temper and I've never... We come to church with smiles on our faces. and you, you could have been screaming at your wife on the way in, but you walk through the church door. And, Bless the Lord, it's good to see you today. You, you can have the heaviest weight on your shoulders. Man, uh, whether it's your finances or, or just uh, your, your struggle with sin or, uh, or addiction or whatever, you'll come into church and say, everything's good. How are you doing? My, my, dad, my dad is a perfect example of this. Back in Ohio, uh, his name was Mr. Wonderful. Uh, 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 that's what everybody called him, Mr. Wonderful, because if you asked him how he was doing, wonderful. Now, my dad had, fell, had fallen at work and broken his back uh, in three places and through surgeries and, and scar tissue and multiple uh, uh, nerve pain, all those things going on. And, uh, it weighed upon him, his shoulders. It was something he struggled with and, still, and struggles with to this day, but you ask him how he is, guess what he's going to say? Wonderful. Now, I'm not saying that to, 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 to mock my dad or to say he, should, he needs to be more honest. Uh, he's trusting God to take care of those things. But we're all the same way. We don't want to uh, we, 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 we come in and just not be real with people. How you doing, Jake? See, Jake didn't tell me about any of his problems. He's, I'm actually doing good. We're not always doing good, are we? But when's the last time we came in and somebody asked us that question and we didn't, and we told the truth? Well, you know, I'm really struggling with this. Now, I'm not saying you have to tell everybody your problems, right? I'm not, say, I'm not saying that you come in and say, I'm struggling with this. I'm, uh, th this is going on. But what we can do is those that we've grown, accustomed, uh, grown relationships with, 
and we've gotten close to, we can say, hey, brother, can you pray for me? I'm really struggling in, in this area. Because we'll come to Wednesday night and we'll pray for so-and-so who's sick and this person who has this financial problem and this per- person who lost this, per- uh, this family member. Or, but we never talk about the spiritual things. And it, listen, the people die all the time. And people get sick all the time. And I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for those things. But we, we do those, but we neglect the more important things about spiritual growth and spiritual need. And this family being broken. And this, this child being away from God. And this, this, this husband who's drunken. And listen, we don't pray about those things because we don't like to bring that up because, well, it's not polite. But there are things that you can say in the midst of family that don't go public. And as was, was, was mentioned this morning, the body of Christ is the family of God. We are brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I, if you're saved, you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you, and that unites you and I together. We may come from different backgrounds. We may do different types of things. You may like, you may like pineapple on your pizza, and I think that's crazy. You might like steak, and I might be a vegan. Ooh, just kidding. We can be different in all kinds of different ways. But there's one thing that brings us together, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ and the reason we come together and the spirit together that unites us. And that spirit that unites us, the Bible tells us that that we're to to, to exhort one another, to encourage one another, to pray for one another. As a church, it's imperative that we do those things. Do you know why? Otherwise, we're just a part of a club. This afternoon, we're going to be talking uh, about uh, two, 2.30 at the second service. We're going to be talking uh, a little bit about uh, what God has uh, called us to do as disciples of Jesus Christ, as the body of believers, as the church. Uh, and, and as you go into the book of Acts, uh, it, it numbers a couple of things. You know they came together daily? I'm not saying we have to be here all the time. What I'm saying is they, they didn't just come and leave. It wasn't just a, a place to go and not be a part of something. Uh, they, 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 it says they continued steadfastly. They were, they were together in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayer. You think they just prayed for you know, a little prayer here, a little prayer there? No. I have a feeling they knew the struggles and the problems because they were there. The Bible says, it goes, listen, they were crazier than we are. So they, they had all things common. <gasps> you mean they sold their stuff and they brought the money in and they took care of other people? Yeah. Now, I'm not asking you to bring us all your money and sell your houses. That's not what I'm saying. And I don't believe that's what God intended. But what, what they did take care of one another. They knew one another's needs because they built that, that foundation. Listen, we need to pray for one another. We need... I, I appreciate our older folks. Gloria and Rose and, and Carol, and, and listen, if, if I don't call out your name, number one, say, hey, I'm not one of the older folks. You, you may be, uh, but I don't, mean, I don't mean anything by this, okay? Uh, I, I named the first two uh, on, on purpose. Uh, we had a group of ladies that would meet at Gloria's house and pray. They couldn't come to our prayer meeting because, because Gloria was in her 90s and, and too feeble to get out that late at night. I thank God for those ladies that went and met at her house every Wednesday afternoon and prayed. 
But guess what? Gloria's not here anymore. She hasn't passed, for those of you that don't know. She's, because of her health, she had to move away. She's still praying for us. Praise the Lord for that. Rose was another prayer warrior. Rose is now sitting in heaven, worshiping our Savior. But she's, she's not here anymore. Somebody needs to take her place. We need someone to be the prayer warrior to step up and fill in the gap uh, that's been left by someone who's gone on uh, to, the, to the heavenly prize. I want you to understand, we need people to pray. To pray for our church. To pray for the lost. To pray for our country. To pray for revival. Uh, to, 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 to pray for, uh, for one another. We need people to pray. Uh, someone who will, will, will honestly look at the situation and see the need and say, listen, we can't fix this. There's nothing we can really do about this. Let's go to the one who can fix it and, and, and implore them, beg him, and ask him to do something. That's exactly what Paul says in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 8, I think it is. Come boldly before the throne. Seeking help in time of need. That's what Jairus did for his daughter. Will you go? Will you go and get a hold of God for your, for your wife, for your children? Are you praying for their salvation and their growth once they're saved? Are you praying for, for your, your wife and for your marriage or, or your, your husband and your marriage? Are you praying for one another? We need those who will pray. Say, well, I will pray. And we should all pray. Bible says, the Bible says that, uh, that, uh, that, there is, that when we pray in agreement, when two or more uh, pray in agreement, that he'll answer that prayer. You pray, and I'll pray. Hey, and come on Wednesday night, we'll pray together. But we'll see God do a work that we can't do. We'll see, people, we'll see souls saved that we'll never have thought. You know, God couldn't have done that. I've already seen some of the answers uh, to, to uh, the prayers that, we've been, that we prayed in, 20, in 2021. Uh, one of those is sitting in here tonight, or tonight, this morning. Why? Because people interceded for that person, and they are here. Not because we did anything, but because we went to the one who could. How many more people would get saved in 2022 if we'll but pray? Because we need the Holy Spirit. How many will we see revival? We got a revival meeting coming up at the, in, in, in the summertime. That doesn't guarantee revival, and you can't arrange revivals. You know what we can do? You can pray for revival. We want to see growth. We want to see healing. We need to pray. Will you go to God for? Will you go to God, Father? We thank you for this day. We thank you that we can pray, Lord, that we have that opportunity. Lord, I pray that you would inspire and put in us, each one of us, a, a, a heartfelt desire to pray for one another, uh, to seek your face. Uh, Lord, uh, to, to remember that uh, there's only so much that we can do, but God, there is no limit to what you can do. And those things that we bring before you, Father, we, we ask that you would, Lord, that you would have your way, Lord, that you, your will be done, and that you'd be glorified. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.